gonna count to ten and you're gonna hand over all the cash, or I'm gonna splatter your grease paint mug across the state line. One. Fuck your mama. Two. Fuck your sister. Three. Fuck your grandma. And most of all, fuck you. Yeah, buddy. God damn it. <laughs> motherfucker got blood all over my best goddamn clown shoes. Jason, you miserable motherfucker. I'd have leap over this counter and bash your fucking balls in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Boy, this Why don't you take some fried chicken <laughs> and go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something. How come you asking me so many jackassy questions? Questions? Oh, a space boy, huh? <laughs> Jason, this episode is going to be chaos. Let's just dive on in. What's going on, everyone? Yeah. Welcome to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin, here with... You are here with Diamond, and you're here with Bucky, as usual. Um, and this is the Midnight Terrors podcast show yeah man this is uh we're back jason our um our uh we're finally getting the episode recorded we had some technical difficulties but we're finally getting going and yeah, running, uh, in, running into some technicalities and then running into you know trying new stuff out so we can try and improve but yeah you can't improve unless you unless you try yeah, man. Uh, but I'll tell so you. Yeah, but I'll tell you what we did improve on our episode uh, discussions because our last episode was on the faculty, and that was a fun one. Yeah, faculty was great, man. Um, and I love the faculty. I've I've seen it quite a. I mean, I've that's one I've seen a million times. Yeah, um, man. And usually, like I refresh, um, you know, before we do a show. And that one I didn't even need to. I was just like, yeah. no, I know the faculty front and back. <laughs> um, um, and this one, like, it, same thing. I know this one front and back. Oh as yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Um, and we'll and we'll get to that in just a moment. But I gotta I say, did, man, I, I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need a reason to, but you did it anyway. And same here. I rewatched this week's movie uh, to refresh as well. But man, this movie is just second nature at this point. But. You know what's funny is that uh, after we did our episode on the faculty, we started talking to our buddies in Reviewed to Death, Marcus and Luke, and they were like, man, haven't thought about that movie in years. And then all of a sudden, Marcus is like, thanks to you assholes, I'm watching the faculty at home. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's a good thing, man. That movie's great. I loved it. Well, I, I love it when we put stuff out there that, you know, you know, people haven't thought about in, in a while and they're just like, Oh man, that movie is good. Or, you know, even, even if they go like, you know, I don't remember that movie that well. So let me go back and watch it. And, and I love it when people come back and go like, dude, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. And I watched it and you guys are right. It's great. Um, or it's terrible. (laughs) Like whatever, whatever the review is, whether it's positive, negative, funny, whatever, it's just like, I, I love it when people see stuff that we're working on and they go, oh, man, that's that was awful or it was great or you know, whatever. Like, yeah, man. Just reminding, reminding them of stuff that they haven't seen. Yeah. And, and, and we do the same things. Oh, constantly. 
And actually, when I posted the movie poster for that episode last week when we released it, a lot of people were commenting on it saying like, holy shit, haven't seen this movie in years, but I loved it. Um, and then especially yep. when I put the photo out of um, <laughs> of the bad CGI effect of, uh, of Fomka Jensen's head on top of the squid legs. <laughs> My, uh, dude, we, we got... Who was it, Luke? Luke that made the Famke Jensen joke. Um, he combined her name from Goldeneye <laughs> with SpongeBob, and then also um, from from the thing. He he threw like three references into one comment, and I he, was like, I am so he, proud of you. <laughs> he wrote Zenya Squidward on a top. Yep, there you go. Yep, it was it was. <laughs> it was called nice SpongeBob. Yeah, man, we got <laughs> we got some really funny comments when I posted the picture of that because there's a moment in the episode where I referenced the bad CGI head and I was like I got to post this as its own image on <laughs> on our Instagram and that thing got so many likes and comments on it. I was cracking up at what people were saying. <laughs> it's so it's so terrible but so great at the same time. Yeah, it was and and, and again I you know, both of us love that movie, and I think I think everybody universally, um, if they're looking for a good teen uh, '90s just junk movie, it's it's a great one. Yeah, yeah. it was fun, and so, I've been I've been yeah. listening to the Offspring a shit ton because of that soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be doing that, but it's okay. Well, you don't like the Offspring? <laughs> no, I'm not a big. Oh, fan. you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, dude. Like yeah. I said last week, Americana was one of my earliest like favorite records, dude. Well, you know, I have I have some records um, with certain bands. Like, so I'm I'm not a big like Blink One Eighty Two fan, um, but Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, like I love that album. Yeah, I would. Like, I, I would almost say that that's like a better album than uh, Enema of the State, honestly. Yeah, like so. There's there's certain things, especially with certain bands, like that. Um, you know, they've got one album that just like kicks ass, and then you know others that I'm just like, maybe I'm not so fond of the band's whole like catalog. Mm -hmm. um, but they have one record that I'm just like, hell yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, you know, and how did we get off on Blink-182? Um, <laughs> 90s soundtracks, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, which, this one is good, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, the faculty, <laughs> the faculty was a fun episode. I had a good time with that one. That was, was my, that was my first time seeing it, so. Um, well, but, speaking of soundtracks, man. Oh, um, dude. Before we even get into the movie, like I've I've loved Rob Zombie forever, um, I I've loved all of his stuff even when he was with White Zombie, um, and when he did the soundtrack for this, of course, because it's his movie, um, I, I mean the soundtrack is great, man. Yeah, it's dude, so good and. So you all listening have already seen what the title is, but yeah, let's let's go back a little bit. So Jason, about a week yeah. ago, about a week ago, a certain movie celebrated its 20-year anniversary. 
way back on April 11th, 2003, a little guy by the name of Mr. Rob Zombie came Mm -hmm. out with a film that we are talking about today because, motherfuckers, we are talking about House of a Thousand Corpses. Hell yeah, dude. It's one of my favorite movies, and uh, we usually, with our show, we, we go into, like, what your history was with this movie, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump in with it. You can write a da- um, so, you can write a damn book about your <laughs> your background on this movie, right? I could, I could I could write a thousand page novel about what I did with this movie, um, but no, I I actually went um, in high school with my girlfriend at the time. And she was a big horror movie fan, and I honestly can't remember what movie we saw, but we saw the teaser trailer for House of a Thousand Corpses, and I saw that it was directed by Rob Zombie, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the best movie ever. Um, and at the time, it was like, yeah, it's, it's coming soon, so I was like, I was super thrilled about it, so was she. And we were just like, again, like it over, it overshadowed the movie that we saw. Again, I can't remember what we saw, but we were just talking about when we left. We were like, "What the fuck with a Rob Zombie movie? This is pretty great." Because <laughs> it, it was his first one. We were more excited about that that trailer um, before the movie that we saw uh, than we were about the actual movie. I'm um, I'm assuming that it was the teaser trailer that had the whole Doctor Satan with uh, Chris Hardwick in it. Um, I don't even know that it had that in there. It was very vague. Um, it was very short. It might have been thirty seconds. Oh, see, I'm gonna. And, I I've seen the theatrical trailer. I don't think I've ever seen the teaser trailer. I'll have to look that up when we're done recording. Yeah, it was it was very short, very vague. Um, it just kind of showed, it just kind of showed the house and a couple of clips, um, of the people that were in it. Um, and, and that was about it. Like you didn't know what was going on with it, but so they showed the trailer and then the movie sat on the shelf for like three years. Yeah. Rob Zombie had a real hard time getting a distribution for this one. Yeah, because it was initially, I think it was initially picked up by Dimension, um, and then when everybody screened it at Dimension, there was like, there's no way anybody's going to watch this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny to think about now. Yeah, and and, and I could be wrong about the studio. I I think it was Dimension, though, um, that tried to put it out, Um, and then eventually Lionsgate uh, picked it up, but it, it did, it's. So I remember seeing the trailer, and just for three years, I was like, man, where is this movie? Like, come the fuck on. Like, what's going on with it? Like, looking up online every day, trying to figure out what was going on with it when it was coming out. Um, But it it took forever. But when it finally came out, man, I was there first fucking night. And I loved every second of it. Yeah, man. And uh, as I understand it, that time that this movie spent on the shelf not being released kind of helped shape shape it into the movie that it's become uh, and what the finished product was, because 
um, another podcast, my favorite horror podcast, uh, Horror Movie Night, and just my favorite podcast, uh, you know, of all time, Horror Movie Night, they talked about this movie on an episode of theirs, and uh, one of their co-hosts mentioned that while the movie was just kind of gathering dust and not really getting released, um, Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon Zombie, Rob Zombie just kind of were shooting extra clips like in Rob Zombie's house, which is like the grainy scenes that you see in the movie where it's just Sherry Moon, Rob, and Bill just doing weird shit. And that's cool. So they were just adding shit to it. Yeah. Well, they would shoot those clips. And then when the movie just, when the studio wouldn't release it, Rob Zombie was like, well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to just put this stuff in. Cause like people are saying it's not worth anything. So he just put more clips in and you know, those are like iconic moments in the movie now, but it was that down. It was that downtime. I think that kind of gave the movie even more flair than had they just released it when it was first completed. Well, I, I think those little side clips, because there's a ton of them, yeah. um, where they they don't necessarily add anything to the story. They're just these kind of creepy little shots, and I love that he films everything in negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so the color is in negative, and it just looks funky. Um, and there's just these random clips of, like, um, a dude saying he's seen a... Sasquatch. She's like, <laughs> I saw him, and he was smelly, and he he tried to molest my wife. Like just, just weird, random shit. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, you know they they don't add anything to the story, but they add to the atmosphere of the movie, and uh, and I and I love it for that, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I love that those kind of those kind of little random like snippets uh just i don't know they're weird and they're funky and they they just i, I don't know it's it's just an interesting take on it and yeah. I, I i think the i think the filming of the movie too um and <laughs> we'll we'll get into the plot here in a minute oh yeah <laughs> um the filming of the movie too, the Rob Zombie not being a filmmaker at this point, like it was his first shot. Yeah. At, at, now he had worked on a lot of his music videos. Like oh yeah. He, he he didn't actually he wasn't behind the camera. He wasn't necessarily directing them, but had a lot of like production. Yeah, and in it, them and and he worked with Sherry on like you know dances and you know, stuff like that for like choreography sure. for the shows or, you know, for the music videos and stuff. So it only made sense that, and actually I didn't find this out until much later, but there's a YouTube series that I love that the channel Loudwire does called Wikipedia Factor Fiction. You ever seen those? No, I haven't. So it's like they sit down with a bunch of artists and they read their Wikipedia page. Since anybody can edit Wikipedia, they're like, we're just going to read you some facts. And if, uh, if it's true, you can you know, confirm or you can, you can contest. Yeah. You can explain what's not real um, about this. And they did an episode with Rob Zombie for that. And the guy was talking about like, Oh, it says here that you grew up like around the circus life. And I never knew that about Rob Zombie. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And it actually makes sense that uh, the movie that he made and, you know, the style that he has with, 
you know, his videos and stuff is very reminiscent of like circus stuff. Absolutely. And, Um, you know, so we, so this is not the first appearance of a Rob Zombie film on the podcast, but it is the first one that you and I have done because way back in October, my mom and I talked about uh, the Munsters when it came out, which we all loved. And I know you came on later and said that you loved it as well. But sure, I do too. Yeah. But we've talked about this quite a few times on the podcast. Rob Zombie is one of our favorite directors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that like every single movie that he has put out has been amazing. Um, he's been hit or miss. But the cool thing about Zombie is, like, he just does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Man. Um, and he he makes movies for a fraction of the cost that studios are used to. Like, I mean, he'll, I mean, Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, um, Monsters. Uh, I mean, everything he's put out, like, these are like $15 million movies. Not even that. And you know, they're grossing like a hundred million. Like he's like, people keep giving him money. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's making these low budget films that are good. And people go to see him just because it's Rob Zombie and anything that zombie puts out, I'll go see. Oh yeah. Same. (laughs) And you know, we talked about it. What it is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we talked about it. House of a thousand corpses when it came out was, you know, a, a moderate success. You know, it made its budget back and then some. It was, uh, according to Wikipedia, it was a budget of $7 million and it made $16.8 million at the box office. So, like, a, yeah, you know, it was like a moderate moderate success, but it's in the years after that that it became the cult classic that it is now. And, you know, you look on you look online and, like, I don't know how much anybody pays attention to Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, we mentioned that briefly on the Megan episode where it was like Megan just gets released and people are like 99.9% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're yeah, like, and I, I, I try to, I mean, sometimes you can rely on it. Sometimes you can't. Well, you know, we're um, like, we're, we're, we're looking down the barrel of that again because this week is when Evil Dead Rise comes out and like people like. I hope that it's as good as Rotten Tomatoes is saying, but you know, when I whenever I see the the certified the certified fresh thing on there, I'm just like, eh, you know. But the reason the reason that I bring that up is because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the reason that I bring it up is because you go so it's a moderate hit at the box office House of a Thousand Corpses, but you go online and the the general Rotten Tomato score is 21%. 21? 21%. That is fucking crazy. Well, but if you if you look at the um the actual fan base, I I and and what it's done since it came out, mm-hmm. I I don't I who cares what the tomato <laughs> score is. Right? I I agree. People are, people are still giving homeboy money because well, I mean, you know, we we touched on this a little bit with the Munsters as well. There are people out there who just straight up do not like Rob Zombie and it never will matter what he does. If you don't if they don't like him, they don't like him. <laughs> like, you know, he could he could make a a knockout 
movie of the century and people would still say he's shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, opinions are opinions and that's fine. And I get it. If you don't like Rob Zombie's style, that's fine. But, like, he's one of the most consistent directors out there and I feel like he's paved the way for a lot of other directors now that have their own style that are kind of similar to this. Well, he's he's paved it out for somebody to do something different. Because I remember when I saw House of Thousands, I was like, man, like this is this is so much different than anything that I've ever seen. Yeah, and can you imagine this being your first movie that you put out? Like, dude just came I, in, I, dude just came in guns blazing. So I I have a funny story um, because hopefully my parents aren't listening. I don't think they do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um I know that your mom keeps track of uh our episode counts like on Facebook and stuff but I think I think that's all you've told me. <laughs> she doesn't listen. I think she's just interested. Um That's okay. Well, which I understand. <laughs> it's, I it's not either of my parents thing. Uh, <laughs> no worries. They, they try to throw a like out there just to be supportive but they're not listening. Sure. Um but <laughs> <laughs> So um uh, when House of a Thousand came out, what what year was it? Like oh, uh, two two. When House of a Thousand came out, two thousand three. Yeah, oh, oh three. Okay, so um, I I saw it first by myself, and I was like, this movie is amazing, mm-hmm. and and I loved every minute of it. And we'll we'll talk about a little bit more that it is definitely an eighties homage love story to every 80s movie that Rob Zombie ever loved. <laughs> yeah, and I got to and I got to say real quick on that point. You know, one of people's gripes with House of a Thousand Corpses is that many people liken it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, a lot of people are, It's definitely an homage to that in in a lot of ways, but people have just gone on record saying, "Oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff." And I'm like, no, 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 no. It has it has the feel to it. Yeah. Um, and especially it has the feel to Texas too. Oh yeah, and I was Texas gonna say it's too. definitely more akin to that '80s vibe because it it's so it's like a has all has all the weird lighting and yeah, just it's like a weird like live action cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, it's just got all this, all this weird like blue and red lighting and green lighting, and each scene is kind of lit differently, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's so it's not lit realistically, like it's just all this weird looking scenes, like yeah. Um, <laughs> so you but, saw, so you said you saw this first by yourself, and then first by myself, and then um. I made the suggestion, um, and <laughs> if there are kids listening or anyone, um, I, I am not supporting, but I did some acid with my brother. <laughs> with my brother. <laughs> oh, God bless you, dude. I don't know how you're able to take that and then watch this movie. Well, I'm a different person today, but... No, I know you are today, but like I feel like I, like I have never done, so I I wouldn't know. But 
I feel like I would be like freaking my like freaking out if I watched this on a on a hallucinogenic drug. Oh, I was excited about it. I was like, <laughs> I for the first time, and I had I had done it once before. I had done acid once before, and I was like, dude, I am going to see this movie on acid. It's gonna be fucking fantastic. <laughs> do you want me to um, leave this part in the episode? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> this is. I'm not the same person anymore. I know. I know you're not. You're a grown adult. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing this story, though, so I want to ask. <laughs> I was in my 20s for a little while. And, you know, we yeah, 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I took my brother to see it, and I was like, dude, let's go see it on some acid. <sighs> so I gave it to my brother, and he watched it. And he was excited about it, too, but I saw it first. Um, it was kind of a revenge thing because he saw Indiana Jones without me. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you have to see, uh, you have to see House of Thousand with me. Um, and so I put him on acid, and, and uh, he like he was walking out. He was like, oh, my God, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, shit. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> but I digress. That's that's my story about House of a Thousand. All right. Um, but... Well, <laughs> well, that's a whole new way to view this movie, I guess. But um... uh, well, if even if you're not on acid, you feel like you're <laughs> you feel on like acid you're on acid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I want to ask before we do a, a sort of deeper dive into what House of a Thousand Corpses is. When someone says they've never seen a Rob Zombie horror movie, is this where you tell them to start? Uh, and this is a discussion question because I'm trying to think. If someone came to me and said, I've never seen a Rob Zombie movie, I'm thinking to myself, is this the appropriate place? I know it's his first film, but is this the most Rob Zombie film that there is that I feel comfortable saying, hey, start with this one? I would I would say yes, only because it leads into Devil's Rejects, which sure. I think Devil's I think Devil's Rejects is my favorite. Not to not to slight House of a Thousand, because I well, love it. It's but it's, it's it's apples and oranges, man. Like Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses are so like not comparable that when I know I've messed with you and said, which one do you prefer? And like, I'm asking you that knowing that I can't answer it either. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's, it's because they, they are two totally different movies, but it's like, if, if you want to get into that realm or if you want to start watching his movies, yeah, do, do house of thousand first. All right. So that, it, you, it's, so that you at least know the characters. Sure. Before you hit rejects, because when you hit rejects, the characters are already established. Sure. So, well, I'm you also kind of have to watch it first. Yeah. Well, in sequential order, yeah, you definitely want to know the characters before you do Devil's Rejects. But I'm thinking, like, you know, if some, like, because there's, you know, if we look at his catalog, there's the Munsters, there's Halloween one and two, there's thirty one, there's Lords of Salem, and I'm like. If someone had never seen Rob Zombie, what's the movie I feel comfortable being like, here's a good intro to his style. And I kind of 
And I kind of feel like House of a Thousand Corpses is a really good start. Well, that's kind of a hard question. Yeah, exactly right. Because <laughs> all of his shit is so brutal. Well, it's also um, it's also so different. Too. Like he's never made the same movie twice. Yeah, you know, that's like true. Devil's like, Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, like I just said, are apples and oranges. They are not the same movie at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, any anyone that I would uh, that is a horror fan, I would say. I would say get into Devil's Rejects first. Okay. Okay. But, well, because Devil's Rejects is the, uh, I think it's his. It's uh, more. It's more grounded. Yeah, I think it's kind of his peak. But if you don't watch House of a Thousand, you don't kind of get it at the same time. So it's it's hard. Sure. I, the I, only I think the only Devil's other. Rejects the only other movie that I could see because it was my first Rob Zombie movie would be Halloween because it's a product, it's a property that you know, and it's just a different take on something that you already know. But it's got enough Rob Zombieisms in there that it's like, oh, this is what he's about. And when I when I say the first Halloween movie, I'm referring to the theatrical cut. I we've touched on this before. I am not a fan of the extended version. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a fan of the theatrical cut as Same. well. Um, I just like yes, there's the rape scene in the in the extended version, and that's a downer. But the the whole movie just has extra scenes in there that I don't really need. Well, and my my part that I like from the theatrical cut is that he's got all his his people in there. He's yeah, head and and mostly and, and and they're in there just for a second. Oh yeah, they're not in there for long. But and he's got even more. He's got Clint Howard and um, yeah, Danny Trejo and you know, yeah. a bunch and, of people. But, yeah. <laughs> so, and Danny Trejo being friends with Michael Myers is great. Oh yeah, I love it. Um, and then Ken Foray as Joe Grizzly in the bathroom. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I would again. I would say theatrical cut Rob Zombie's Halloween one is like a good start, or House of a Thousand Corpses. Those are like the two that I would say probably watch first. Yeah, House is House is just very stylized. Yeah, I mean Devil's um, Devil's Rejects. To be fair, also would be a good start, but like you're gonna lose something if you haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses, in my opinion. Absolutely. If you yep, go into Devil's absolutely. Rejects first. So House, okay, so let's. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, no. Well, before we, you, before we, we, we <laughs> before I know we we bullshitted like for thirty minutes. Movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already jerked off the movie saying it's the best movie ever. <laughs> but um, anyway, and we'll con- and we'll continue to. We jerked off the movie. We did, we did, and uh, we'll continue to circle jerk about the movie here in a few minutes. But <laughs> we will. Um. So before, <laughs> before. <laughs> Oh God! I just I just remember saying that phrase in the Demon Knight episode, and you not being able to keep you not being able to keep your shit straight, being like, "Why did you choose Circle Jerk as the phrase?" I was gonna say, uh, this is like the second time we've had a Circle Jerk in here. Yeah, man. Uh, um, there's a there's a theme going on. <laughs> it, 
At least there was a couple of months in between us talking about Circle Jerk. Yeah, Demon Knight was all the way back in January, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, before we do a deep dive into the plot of House of a Thousand Corpses, which I'm going to let you describe the plot, um, I sure. want to touch on the reason why this movie is in my life is because, you know, we've touched, this has been a running theme throughout the podcast, right? Jason shows Kevin all these movies, right? Yeah, that's done, what I do. And you've done that a lot. But this movie is the first one that you ever recommended to me and made me watch way back in like 2010, 2011. Oh, when, really? When we first got like more acquainted as, you know, a family. Uh, yeah. This was the first movie that I was over at your apartment. My sister went to bed. My brother was, you know, younger. So he went to bed. You were like, dude, let's watch a movie. I said, all right, what you got? And I had seen this little this little clown character that we'll touch on in just a moment. I had seen him <laughs> on like a poster that you had and a sweater, or, like a hoodie or something that you had. Yep. And yep. I remember asking you, who is that? And you yeah. And you said, Well, that's Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses. And I was like, Oh, cool. So when we did a movie night, this is what you put on, House of a Thousand Corpses. And this maybe it's just for nostalgia or because it's the first one that you introduced me to, but this movie still sits atop the mountain as my favorite movie that you ever introduced me to. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> this is one of my favorite horror one. movies, and it just, again, it's just nostalgic. I think back when I watch House of a Thousand Corpses, me and you staying up late on the couch just watching horror movies left and right, and this was one of the early ones. Well, House of a Thousand has so much charm to it. It does, dude. Um, it's so much fun. Like, it, it is. Um, you know, um <laughs> I'm sure the episode is going to kick off with our, our, our quotes from the beginning. Oh, fuck yeah, um, man. <laughs> like, the first 30 seconds of the movie, like, it just, it just goes crazy. And, you, like, I didn't know when I went to see it, I didn't know what I was going to watch. <laughs> I was like, what, so... what is this thing, thing going to be? Um, and then... You know, the first, you know, right off the rip, you well, get Captain Spaulding. Yeah, man. And you and, know what? You know what's funny is you say, so I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Do you own the DVD copy of this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. when I put this on last week to watch it, I didn't remember that Captain Spaulding talks to the screen <laughs> on the DVD menu. Oh, yeah. And I have his. Oh, yeah. I have his I have his quote here. When I popped on the movie to watch this last week, uh this is what I heard when I looked away. Captain Spaulding comes on the screen and says, "Well, shit the bed. How do folks come on in? Well, I can see by those fancy bridges and sassy hairdos that you all ain't from around here. So where are you from?" Holds hand to ear. Dude, and that's that's the best thing about that movie. Like even in the DVD menus, <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing at Spalding. Spalding is so good. Yeah, man. And so yeah. much, so much credit to Sid Haig. Oh my God, like, rest in he, pe- rest in peace, Sid Haig. What I a le- what a legend. I know he was so good. So um, and 
it's so funny and just like it's so funny and gruesome at the same time it's like you don't again like you don't know what to do like yeah. am i supposed to laugh am i supposed to like <laughs> be grossed out am i supposed to vomit like what am i well, I think that's a good 40-minute precursor to actually talking about the movie's plot. So, Jason, what is House of a Thousand Corpses about? So, House of a Thousand Corpses is a group of friends that are basically touring the country, and they're writing a book about roadside attractions. So, they're basically just stopping off at, like, the biggest ball of string that you can see or, or a, uh, you know, um, a, a chicken that can play tic-tac-toe. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to write this book about these ridiculous roadside attractions. And what happens is that they stop at uh, Captain Spaulding's place, um, which is just a gas station. And who the fuck also- is... Captain Spaulding, tell us. Captain Spaulding <laughs> is <laughs> the funniest motherfucker alive. <laughs> so he's the he's the clown that runs the gas station. He's like the mascot and the guy that runs the station. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the gas station also has this kind of like it's kind of like a like a fair ride where you go through like a little haunted house fair ride. Oh, it's um, a, it's a, Oh, it's not a fair ride. It's a murder ride. Uh, yeah. The murder ride. Dude. Can I just say like, I am not a, I am not a fan of like the true crime, like serial killer stuff, but I would ride the shit out of this ride. <laughs> like this thing looks like so much fun. Well, before before the characters even get in, um, Rain Wilson, which Rain Wilson was nobody at the time. I was gonna um, say this office. was this was pre office, right? Oh, like probably five, six years before the office. Yeah. Rain Wilson was nobody. Um, and then you have Chris Hardwick. Oh my god, Chris funny <laughs> funniest character besides Captain Spalding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Chris Hardwick did some like MTV stuff and, um, he's a comedian and of course now he hosts like the walking dead shows and everything like that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, but, um, it, it, he's just hilarious. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he, he's like, did you see the alligator boy? This is fucking shit. <laughs> How'd you like to find that in your pants? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But before before we even meet those characters, this opening with the TV commercial and the Halloween night commercials for Captain Spaulding <laughs> that he's like, "Come oh, see yeah. the murder ride and get a bucket of fried chicken." <laughs> <laughs> That's it's one thing so I always funny forget. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and that's one thing I always forget about this movie is that it's a Halloween movie, man. Yeah, and it is. Um, yeah, they even um, homegirls trying to call her father and um, you know say that uh, he says it's Halloween, um, but Halloween's on a Sunday and the kids are 
trick or treating tonight or whatever. Yeah, so, so it's October thirtieth. Yeah, so Captain Spaulding is like the best <laughs> character effing ever. He is. Um, he's a clown, and he's funny. Um, and <laughs> his John Wayne thing is really funny too. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he's got a tattoo of John Wayne on his arm, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Rain Wilson's trying to talk to him, and he's like flexing his arm with the John Wayne tattoo on there. <laughs> he's like, "Circle up the wagon, prism." <laughs> uh, like, oh shit! It's just so good. Yeah. Um, well, before the before the teens even come in, we have our intro to Captain Spaulding when the two dudes try to rob the gas station. Uh, yeah, which is what our intro was. Yeah, that's where the fuck your grandma, fuck your sister, fuck your mama line or whatever comes in. Um, which is great. Yeah, two dudes in mass with guns that are like local townies decide they're going to rob Captain Spaulding's, and he is not one that you should rob because he's going to turn it right on you and fucking shoot you in the face. Yeah, and he's not having it, and and especially he knows who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that his There's, one like sidekick is like, "Hey, don't you work down at the hardware store?" And it's <laughs> one yeah. of the robbers is like, "I hate that name." Well, and dude, there's so many funny lines in there. Um, Spalding's talking about not stuffing paper towels down the <laughs> toilet. Like, I just make shit out of that thing. Don't fucking do that again. Um, and, they, and then, he and his buddy are having a conversation about a dude shoving toys up his ass. Yeah, yeah, doctor's ass. Probably. Yeah, their their <laughs> their buddies shoving toys up his ass. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. good, Zayas, um, from Planet of the Apes. He's like, yeah, he got doctor's ass stuck up his ass. He couldn't get it out. He had to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's just like, what? What does this even have to do with anything? (laughs) But it's so funny. It's so good. Oh, dude. I love this opening scene so much. Like, this movie's amazing, but it just kicks off with on the most beautiful note ever with this robbery. And so Captain Spaulding, they just establish him as a funny badass, um, and he shoots the robbers, and that's it. And then we cut to something that you mentioned earlier, Jason, the soundtrack, the fucking House of a Thousand Corpses theme song, dude. Come on in. <laughs> this is the house. Well, so the the premise, because I, I think we're, we were touching on it earlier, like the premise is it's not necessarily original. No, um, it's a straightforward, like easy slasher very- setup of sorts. Yeah, it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, you know, the kids get broke down on the road um, because they're trying to go see this tree. Um, and yeah, he because they spoke to Captain Spaulding about uh, when they were on the ride. The big like draw in of the ride was the local legend of a killer named Doctor Satan, right? Who uh, worked in a mental hospital and like thought that he could form the perfect human being by, like, just mutilating the shit out of them. Yep. And Captain Spaulding also has a shirt on (laughs) in this scene that I want so badly that says, if I wanted to listen to an asshole, I'd fart. (laughs) 
Oh, I never noticed that before. That's that shirt just kills me. But so he so, takes so, so, so Hardwick. Hardwick is well. Hardwick's funny once they go through the murder ride. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he comes out, he's like Doctor Satan, Doctor Satan. Like he's so excited about it. Yeah, it's and the, like the coolest thing he's ever seen. And, um, and remind he, me, is the is the tree that they want to go see? Is this where the town hung Doctor Satan from? Yes. Okay, yes. so it's like his death scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the legend is 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 that basically Doctor Satan did all these crazy experimental um, surgeries and all this and all this crap, and then um, the town figured out what he was doing. And then went and hung him from a tree. And so that was the legend. Um, and then Chris Hardwick wants to go to see it. Mm-hmm. And so Spalding gives him a map and says, here's how you get there. And if you can't find it, fuck you. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, perfect, perfect Spalding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I, lo- uh, I also love, because- real quick, before we leave the gas station scene, I also love when... Uh, it's either Chris Hardwick or Rain Wilson are talking to Captain Spaulding and they're talking when he says, why are you asking so many jackassy questions? He's like, well, just yeah. imagine if you went off road from me. He goes, but I don't go off road. But if you did, <laughs> like, but, but I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Well, and, <laughs> well, that's a great part too, because if Spaulding starts to creep him out, he's like, Oh, you think us folks from the country are real funny, like, don't you? <laughs> and, like, gets in his face, and then he's like, <laughs> gotcha. And he's like, oh, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so yeah, now now we leave the gas station. Yeah, and so they're going to find a tree. They don't, they're looking around, but then they pick up Baby. So they see this girl, it's raining like crazy. Sherry um, Moon they Zombie. They pick up Baby from the side of the road um, just to try and take her home. She's a hitchhiker. It's, mm-hmm. still, it's still in the 70s, so picking up a hitchhiker is not strange. Um, <laughs> who would you be more disturbed by if you picked up a hitchhiker? A hitchhiker? Who, would you be mu- who would you be more disturbed to pick up? The hitchhiker from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Baby Firefly? Oh, dude, I'd pick up Baby all day, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. So, yeah, so we... so we meet... Jerry, Jerry Moon Zombie in this movie, like, good God. I know. Uh, you want to give us... Like... You, you want to give us your best Baby Firefly laugh? <laughs> uh... Oh, come on, man. You got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, uh, it doesn't matter, man. She they pick her up on the side of the road and she's yep. soaking wet and just fucking. Uh, she's gorgeous, man. She like, is. Um, and so that's that's the best like lure. Um, <laughs> like somebody fishing. Yep. They're like send baby out there. <laughs> send baby yeah. out there, and and we'll get somebody in. And they break and, down and because one of the family shoots out their tire with a shotgun. Yep, which, yeah. So, so Baby lures them in um, uh, very easily, um, even though the girlfriends in the backseat are like, eh, we don't like her. But she's 
you can tell from the get that she's like she's got something wrong with her. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's off the rails and and they're asking her questions and she'll answer them and then they'll ask her again. She's like, "No, I don't know." Um, but she just wants to take them home. Um, so she gets them home. And well, she gets Rain Wilson home. And uh after that, she sends somebody out to the car to pick up the rest of the people. And that's when they all kind of get there and realize that shit's about to go down. Yeah, they meet the <laughs> they meet the Firefly family. And uh, we meet Mama, we meet Grandpa, we meet Otis, we meet um, Tiny, we meet RJ. So important question, who is your favorite member of the Firefly family? Oh, dude. Um, I love... Um... I love Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> Grandpa's funny. Grandpa's hilarious. I know it's like a common answer, but I just, I fucking love Otis, man. Bill Mosley is just the shit in everything he's in. Well, um, I love it when um, they, they, so they're showing, so one of the things that I love about the movie is that they do all these like side clips. And it's, like, showing that these cheerleaders are missing or people are missing from the town and everything like that. And they, they're like, we don't know exactly what's going on. And then they clip over to, like, Otis, like, tearing up these cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, cutting off their clothes, like, slitting their throats, like... Yeah, he's, he views himself as a like a like an artist. Yeah, just like wrecking them. Yeah, um, and and baby's doing the same thing. Like, it, yeah, like she gets scary, dude. When shit gets going here, and she's tormenting Chris Hardwick, you're like, fuck, dude. Yeah, when yeah, she's she's got a scene where she's like scalping him, basically. Yeah, so they so the Firefly family quickly, you know, shows their hand after a long dinner scene where they're making our characters wear like weird Halloween masks and this is like a like a Halloween ritual, right? Of the Firefly family that they're going to murder these people. Yeah, and even uh Mother Firefly, um she says, you know, um you know, you guys might not love Halloween, but it is special to us. Yeah. And so they kind of have this ritual. Um, and I'm assuming part of this ritual or whatever is, you know, them tearing people apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, it gets, it, it gets crazy. Um, well, before, but- before they show their hand and like actually abduct the kids, I love <laughs> speaking of grandpa when grandpa does his stand up routine. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> He's just shouting obscenities and making the dumbest jokes ever. And Chris Chris Hardwick when he oh, is like <laughs> when he is like hyperventilating, just laughing at this stupid stand up comedy, it is amazing. Yeah, he's like <laughs> grandpa's like in there, he's like, Ate your mom's pussy <laughs> and Chris Hardwick <laughs> is just losing it. Oh, it's so good. He's like, I love this guy. This guy is 
Yeah, that's that's uh-huh. one of my, that's one of my favorite scenes, and then it's followed it, by Baby Fireflies like weird dance number. Oh yeah, oh I love that number too. Oh, that scene is so uh-huh. good. Uh, yeah, I want to be loved by you. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good, um, and and she is so incredibly hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like watching, I'm. You're like I'm okay with this. Watching her do that, and especially you know the girls. Um, you know the wives or whatever, or the girlfriends like watching her do that, and she's like pinching Hardwick's cheeks and everything, just being like, "Hey, you know, cute," and, and like it's it's just funny. It's weird. Yeah, and then uh, the girls want to storm out because baby's flirting with their men, with their men, and uh, yeah. you know, after that is when shit hits the fan, and the the Firefly family is gonna abduct them all and do awful things to them. Yeah. Um, and so if, if I remember correctly, um, the, the first, well, so I want to step back a little bit. Um, Otis's rants. (laughs) Yes. Are insane. Insane, dude. <laughs> um, like, uh, like, you know, Rob Zombie wrote this, and the writing is just crazy. Like the fact that he, like, Otis's rants talking about, um, uh, I'm, he's like, I'm not talking about uh, shoveling ice cream in the summer and no Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck socks. And um, (laughs) it's locked in my brain and my brain is encrusted. Don't worry, man. I'm, I'm looking up this quote because this, this is one of my favorite lines. Oh, it's, it's insane. Here we go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to read this whole quote here. Yeah. What? Yeah. What does he say? He says, listen, you Malibu middle-class Barbie piece of shit. I'm trying to work here. Work. You ever work? Yeah, I'll bet you have. Scooping ice cream to your shit-heeled friends on summer break. Well, I ain't talking about no goddamn White Sox with Mickey Mouse on one side and Donald Duck on the other. Duck on the other. I ain't reading no funny books, mama. Our bodies come and go, but this blood is forever. Uh, It's just, it's so absurd. But who writes that, man? I know. What do you have to... (laughs) And you know, Rob's, I mean, who, Rob. Who writes that dialogue? I mean, that's just and 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 Otis has a ton of that. Like, it just like it's it's one thing. So like so like watching like Texas Chainsaw, um, which is you know a lot of people compare it to, you know, but like getting this other side or just hearing this psychotic rant. Yeah, dude. Like, you don't get that in anything else. No, and Bill Mosley delivers it like a champ. Like, could you imagine reading these lines, like, on the paper and being like, what the fuck am I saying here? Well, and and you're sitting there, well, I mean, if if you want to put yourself in the shoes of the people that he's talking to in the movie, like, you're listening to this and you're like, what the fuck? fuck is this dude talking about? yeah you're tied to a chair and like and he's just going off on this stupid rant yeah 
It's so good, though. And this leads to, I remember this, Jason. This was the scene when you and I watched this all those years ago. This was the scene that hooked me in, and it's the reveal of Fish Boy. Fish Boy! <laughs> uh, Rain Wilson is the first to go, and his body is mutilated to shit, and he's got a fish bottom, and his eyes are cut out. And oh, so this was the scene that made me love this movie. It is just so absurd. Well, and even even before them, I think I think the cool the cool part is when they're when they're trying to escape. So the family, quote unquote, fixes their car. Yep. And they're trying to get away. And when they're trying to drive out, um, basically all the family are up on these crosses looking like scarecrows. Oh yeah, and such a good after, such a good scare. Yeah, and as the car is trying to get out, they jump off of these you know, crosses or jump off of these posts and just bash the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. And then I I think that's the first time you see Tiny, which Oh uh, no! You see no, Tiny at dinner. You saw him no, at, dinner, you yeah. at dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... But I mean, but that that scene though, like, um, and again, the way that it's shot, man, like Rob Zombie just does like all of these weird colors, and then he stops things in the yep. middle of the shot. <clears throat> so, like, you see, like him swinging the bat and you see them getting attacked and he just keeps freezing here and there and just doing all these weird um, shot compilations, which uh, are, are super effective. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, and, and it's most of the reason that I like this movie. Same. I love this. I love the style of this movie. I love that. It's so gritty and grainy and just so the way people describe Texas Chainsaw Massacre is how I feel about this one. Like, I don't really feel like, like I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it's definitely disturbing, but like that gritty, grainy, gross, rough feeling that people talk about. That's what I get off of this movie. Probably more than, than Texas Chainsaw Massacre at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely very, very gross looking, very Mm -hmm. gritty looking. Um, and, (laughs) and just the way, the way he composes the shots and everything. Yep. Um, and I, I think it comes a lot from his, um, influence with music videos oh yeah i mean Um, there's there's filters and shots in here that could have been like in the dragula music video yeah or like in uh Uh, the thunder kiss 65 video for white zombie oh sure um yeah so he he took a lot from that and i i think the fact that he i don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing he knows what he's doing but he's not um he's not doing traditional. No, he's very he's a very fearless he's, he's just doing what he wants. Yeah, he's a very fearless director. Um and can I speaking of gross, so 
fish boy happens rain wilson is killed um chris hardwick is like stuck to a a seat of some some kind and baby's like cutting his hair off and scalping him i love that scene (laughs) who's my favorite movie actress (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's asking him questions and he's like i don't know i don't know and she's scalping him yeah so razor i forget who he says but he just t- completely takes a shot in the dark i i think he says betty davis yeah or, so- or she or she says betty betty davis is her favorite actor i can't remember which yeah something like that um, um they they pick like <laughs> like iconic actresses <laughs> Yeah, he no, he says Marilyn Monroe, and she's like, no, wrong. Betty, Betty Davis. Davis. Yep. Whatever yeah. happened to Baby Jane reference right there? Yep. <laughs> Which is perfect. And um, <laughs> so he gets scalped, Chris Hardwick does, and the girls are put into these weird dresses. Oh, wait, they're like, they're like, they look like the Shining Twins. Yeah, the yeah the um, they don't say who does it to them, so they put them down there with, which is an odd scene, because they have the girls down in like the basement. Yeah, well, and... one one of them's down in the basement. Yeah, with uh, Tiny. Right, one's with Tiny, but the other one, um is in like this cage um and they dress her up yeah they kind of look like the shining girls uh but uh she also uh she also looks like just kind of like a baby doll yeah pretty much um which Um, which makes which makes sense because tiny is uh you know he's like the innocent one in the family yeah he is which Tiny, Tiny is a great character. Oh, I love Tiny. Uh, but can I just can I just say real quick? I never wanted to eat cereal again after the way he eats his cereal. <laughs> that scene is yeah, that scene is so gross. Yeah, he comes down to check on the girl or look after her, and while well, yeah, she's he, tied he, to the bed, terrified, and he's like, "You want some?" Like not talking, but he just gestures, like asking her if she wants any cereal. And she like well, she, she turns her head away, and then he's like, "Oh, it's so gross." And, and I'm pretty sure it's kind of implied that it's not really cereal. Like I think he's eating people. Like, oh, okay. I was gonna say it was definitely some like weird off-brand cereal. Uh, yeah, like the box <laughs> for it, like this weird, like kind of like off-brand, like. A, Stupios or you know just something weird like that. Just, um, but I I always got the impression that he was eating people. Okay, fair enough. Because it, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like normal cereal. Well, and e- I could be wrong. About well, it. either way, whether you're eating cereal or people, you got to have milk. That's Tiny's mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I and, and, and I could be wrong about that. No, but, I I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> But that's just kind of the vibe I got off of it. Sure. And all the while, while these kids are being just tortured, one of their dads, the one that we saw earlier that said Halloween is on a a Monday, so they're doing it on Sunday, 
he comes yeah. up with the cops to go investigate the Firefly house. And, you know, like, so they truck along and they're, you know, like they find a corpse in the, in the back of a trunk from the broken down car. Yep. Which is a creepy scene. Um, and cause like in the girl's skin in the trunk, like she's naked and she's got like trick or treat cut into her. Yeah. She's all carved up. Yeah. That's pretty fucking brutal and disturbing. But when they finally get to the Firefly house and the one older cops like interrogating mama and the dad and the younger one go looking out the back and they find the shed of all the corpses. Well, you've got, you've got Walton Coggins in there who I love. Which, um, which cop is he, is he? He's the deputy. So the older one or the younger no, one? He's the younger one. He's what not a, the main cop. What else is he from? Because he looked so familiar he, to me. He's in everything. He's in Tombstone. He's in... Um, uh, shit. Um, That's all right. We can... We can look it up. He just he looked he looked super familiar to me. Look at Walton Coggins. He's in every fucking thing. Right, um, let me see real quick. Yeah, look it up. What's his name? Walton Coggins. Oh, Walton, okay. Uh let's see. Uh let's get away from the shows here. Let's see. He's in Justified. Um, he's in, um, <laughs> he's in, uh, the next karate kid from the nineties. Yeah. Uh, he's dude, one he's of the, he's one of the, the thugs or whatever, whatever the hell, like those weird hall monitor villains. Yeah. I uh, mean, he's in everything. Um, house of a thousand he, corpses, uh, cowboys and aliens, straw dogs, yeah. Lincoln, Django unchained. Machete kills. Uh, I love him in Django. Or yeah. Machete kills. Yeah. Oh, he was in uh, the newer Tomb Raider. Yeah, dude, he's in he's in like everything. Okay, yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. But I yeah. love when he and the dad find the shed full of all the corpses, and Mama Firefly shoots the sheriff in the head. And then it's like this operatic music playing when they're just in shock and throwing up at all the corpses. Oh yeah. Well the well and the best part of the movie is like right after that, um, he gets um I think he gets Coggins on his knees. Yeah, he does. Cause he, cause he Otis comes out and like blows the dad away. Yeah, and there's this crazy part where it's like a minute. Dude, this scene, because I'm going to let you explain this, but all I'm going to say is this scene is genius. It is fucking amazing. So yeah, I'm going to so, I'm gonna let you explain the death of, uh, of the deputy here. Yeah, so basically Otis comes out, gets the deputy on his knees, puts a gun to his head and you're sitting there watching the scene and it's like a minute, maybe more of just the gun to his head 
and nothing happens. You're just watching this gun to his head, and you're just it, like the first time that I saw the movie. You thought the like, you it, thought the screen broke. Yeah, I was like, I was like, did it stop or what? What what happened here? Like, well, because what went wrong. You see the and gun. Then, you see the gun go to his head, and the the camera like raises up slowly from the ground, and yeah, then and, it's, and it's awesome there's no music. Shot. Yeah, there's no music or any sound effects really or anything, and then it finally pauses, like, you know, several several hundred feet back from from uh, from Otis and the cop, and then it just holds right here on Otis with the gun to to the deputy's head. It just sits. It just sits for like a minute. Like and you're watching it and you're like, okay, what's gonna happen? And like you're just sitting there for a minute and it's nothing but like a minute maybe a minute and a half. Like it is a long shot. Yeah, something like that. Just a gun to his head, and then finally you see a slow mo shot go off. Well, I they, think they I think count. the gunshot goes off, and then the screen goes black. Like yeah. you're just like waiting, 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 waiting. Yeah, but I I remember seeing it in the theater. Oh, like, you're you know, right. It like, does show his head get blown to bits. You're right. Yeah, but I I remember just watching it in the theater and I was like, what the fuck? Like, it, like oh. I thought the film broke. Or I would have, I would have loved to like, have seen that in the theater. No. And it was, it was just like, man, that just, it, he just held on that shot for so long and then finally blew his head off. Yep. So uh, good. And, uh, but, so we get to what is essentially the climax is there's three, Three characters left. You know, there's there's not a huge body count in this movie like you think there would be. Um, you no, know, like, not really. There's a lot of bodies around, but, like, there's only four teenagers here that are, like, being tormented, and only Rain Wilson goes down early. Um, yeah. And we get the climax where they're going to have this ritual. They're going to drop the three of them into, like, a coffin because he's... Otis finally says, "Oh, Doctor Satan's real. You want to meet him?" And they're gonna drop him, drop them down in a hole, in a yep. in a coffin, and they dress them up in bunny suits. Yep, <laughs> like, and which I think is a reference to uh, Otis. I think is doesn't he have like a spiel about run, rabbit, run? Um. Well, that's what he does. Um. After they get dressed up. Kind of, um, it, and he does say "run, rabbit, run," and it's kind of it's kind of an homage to them being like hunters. Oh, okay. Um, and them just going, you know, "run, rabbit, run." Um, isn't there I, a I, isn't there a song called "Run, Rabbit, Run" that plays in the movie? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and zombie, yeah, zombie tracked all of it. That's right. Um, I remember that. Is it a Rob? Is it Rob Zombie singing the song, or did they use the original version? Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, it's Zombie. Okay. Um, so but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that run rabbit run thing, 
um, because they do they do give them the opportunity or they they put them in those suits and they think that they can get away um and so they're starting to run away in their little bunny suits and then that's when Otis is like run rabbit run yeah run rabbit run well they start um, to they start to do the ritual Otis has his like corpse paint on and they're having a ritual where they're marching to the hole yeah. marching to the hole in the ground where they're going to drop these people down uh into the ground into these like weird caves one of the girls gets away in the bunny suit and runs away and then she gets murdered by baby, which is such a creepy scene where baby's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I love that scene. Yeah. I love it. Like, cause, uh, baby stabs the shit out of her. Yeah. Uh, and then she licks the blood off the knife. Yep. Um, and then, uh, she says, what did she say? Um, Oh, she's like, get into your rabbit hutch. <laughs> like, <she's, laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking her fucking mind, man. Yeah, I love um, it. And there's, there's two people left. They're gonna drop them down into the. This is where I got a little confused because I hadn't seen the movie in like four years, so I rewatched it. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is that kills Chris Hardwick because he's kind of like in shock and passed out at this point from just being scalped and and tortured and right. and stuff. And like, they lower him and the last girl down into a coffin and they're like in the water floating in the coffin and they close the hatch. So it's dark. And then they open it back up and there's like these, what are these? Are these just other people that were tossed down into I, the cavern? It's not supposed to be explained. Um, what what I take from it because they talk about Doctor Satan um, trying to kind of make this um, killer race. Oh, so, these are okay. These are patients, so to speak, of Doctor Satan. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. that answers my question about another character that we're gonna meet later on, uh, which is the weird like gas mask monster with the axe. Well, and that would be Doctor Satan. Oh, oh, well, no, no, that no. That would be yeah, no, no, doc- that's no, 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 no. That's um, that's uh, the dad. Uh, what dad? The dad that burned the house down. That burned the house down. Sorry. Yeah, I'm- because when when Mother Firefly talks about the house getting burned down. And saying, um, oh, he didn't mean to hurt us or whatever. That's the dad. The one that goes after the final girl at the end? Yep. Yep. Oh, shit. I never knew that. Well, he he goes out quick because he accidentally chops down all the all the pillars that are keeping the ceiling up. But we do get to, you know, so Chris Hardwick goes down. He gets dragged into the water by these zombie things. Um, there's a really creepy yeah. scene that I forgot about where the last girl is still in her bunny suit and these two like older people just come out of the tunnels in the cave and you think that they're right. going to like eat her or attack her or something and they just rip the bunny suit off and walk away with it. Um, yeah, and I think that they're leaving her for Dr. Satan. Uh, ah, um, because- okay. 
because he wants to do all these experiments and everything. And we, okay, that makes sense. I think that they're trying to leave her for them, like, or for him to do his experiments. Gotcha. That makes sense. So we do get to see that Dr. Satan is real. He's like this really weird monster thing. That's like on a bunch of hooks Uh, or not hooks, but like he's on like this weird mechanism machine thing. And he's like tormenting a guy in a chair. Um, but Dr. He looks looks fucking awesome. I was going to say that was my next thought is that Dr. (laughs) Satan is awesome in this movie. He looks so cool. Yeah, he does. Um, um, just, just the way that he looks, and he's got the, um, just the oxygen mask on, and everything. Like he looks like fucking sick as hell. Yeah. Um, and then his, and then his, um, uh, I, I don't think that he's really talking. I guess, but no, there's like, like the there's like, button. yeah, there's like weird voiceover stuff going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I love the look of this like mental ward where Dr. Satan works. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's like all these patients with weird stuff all over them. It's so cool. Uh, and then we get the final battle where you talked about the dad that tried to. So Papa fire firefly basically. Um, yeah. Tried to tries to kill the final girl with an ax, but just ends up bringing down the ceiling on himself and, uh, yeah. His his mask comes off at one point, and he just like blah, like spits out a bunch of goo, spits out a oh, bunch yeah. of goo. <laughs> yeah, he spits out a bunch of pus. And oh, it's like so that. gross. And uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, so he has the tunnels sort of collapse in on him, and uh, our final girl gets away. I feel really bad that I'm not remembering either one of their names. Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, but our final girl gets away. She comes out from under the ground. She literally rises out of the grave because her hand comes out of the ground. Uh, and it's like, oh, sunlight. She's made it. And then she has a very similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, but very different scene. Uh, a car pulls up and we see a familiar face there. Captain Spaulding's there to pick her up and take her away to the police station. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, oops, he's in cahoots with the Firefly family, and uh, Otis is there in the back seat and just stares at her. Which which leads us to uh, Devil's Reject. Yep, and Otis goes in for the stab, and I think we hear a scream, right, when the credits start going? Yeah. And uh, that's House of a Thousand Corpses, and it is the shit. It is the shit, man, and, uh, like, I just, I just love it because the the soundtrack is so great and it was Zombie's first outing um and it really was a love story to his 80s movies that he loved. Yeah, and, and the older I get and the more I get into horror cuz I had it in my head the way everybody else did that I was like Oh, yeah, it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a 70s throwback. There are elements of it in there, but it is most definitely a product of 80s cinema and 80s horror cinema, for sure. There's some things in there that 
um, you could say are original. I I don't think there's a ton of original stuff in there other than like Doctor Satan, um, and the family and stuff. Uh, but it was just his his thing. He was like, you know, let me do something that like throws like some throw some good shade to like this era. Yeah. Um and and I loved it. Like I still love it, man. Um <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's one of my favorites. If we were to do like a like a top 10 favorite horror movies of all time, House of a Thousand Corpses would be in there for me. Um oh, for sure. as well. It's just again, it's got that nostalgia feel. I just I flip back to you know, years ago when I'm like 18 or 19 and you and I are watching this movie late at night and just shooting the shit about horror and stuff like that. So it's got that sentimental value and it's just a fucking good time. It's funny. It's scary. It's disturbing. It's got characters that I absolutely love. Um, and again, just like Rob Zombie coming straight out guns blazing saying, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. Um, absolutely. It's a masterpiece. I absolutely love it. And no, it, and no, um, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no asking for forgiveness or whatever. No, no. <laughs> he's just like, man, I'm, I'm just gonna do my shit, and I'm gonna make it as brutal as possible. Yeah, and look at, um, look at, like, look at other movies, other horror movies that were released in 2003. There's a lot of good ones at that time, but. This one is very distinct to me. I mean, look, 2003, we ha I'm just looking at some of the ones that were on here. Darkness Falls, Identity, Wrong Turn, Freddy vs. Jason, Final Destination 2, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the one that we like, uh, yeah. o Open Water, Jeepers Creepers 2. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good movies out there that came out in 2003. Um Sure, but sorry, <laughs> there's but a. They they weren't they weren't like I like I said like at the beginning. I like I was waiting like three or four years for this movie, and when it finally came out, I was like, oh, thank God. Um yeah. And it it was at the time, it was it was original, man. Like it it. Nobody had done anything like it. No. Um, and and that's why I think that none of the studios wanted to put it out because they were just like, uh, we can't do this. And <laughs> well, Zombie was like, yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, there's a lot of good picks from 2003, but this one still to this day has its own identity. Um, you know, however much we may love some of those movies from that era, this one is very much its own thing. Um, and it, you know, paved way for zombie to just keep making movies that, that he loves. And, you know, we got other great stuff like devil's rejects and Halloween one and two, and like, we'll pick it at some point so that you can revisit it. But Lords of Salem, I love, um, the Munsters. I have people all the time tell me that, like, Devil's Rejects is, like, the best movie they've ever seen in in a horror 
genre. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah, I, it's I up. totally agree. It's I up love there. Devil's Rejects. Same. Like, I, I mean, I will watch it <laughs> anytime. Oh, yeah. It's great. No, same, man. Then they're, they're a great double feature, too, especially around, like, Halloween time. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the summation of our thoughts on here is we both fucking love House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. And, uh... I mean, there's, there's nothing bad that I can say about it. No. Uh, it, and it is definitely an homage to, like, 80s horror. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, I mean, it was, it was his first, it was his first outing, and he killed it like it was it was just fantastic yeah man it's the uh it's the gift that keeps on giving it is (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's our discussion on house of a thousand corpses we'll save our thoughts on devil's rejects because i'm sure that that one will make an appearance on the show sometime soon uh i'm very tempted i was very tempted to do that for next week's episode but um Jason, as we're recording this, in like three or four days from now, another movie is coming out in theaters. We're going to watch Evil Dead, bitches. Yeah, man. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead. It looks so good. It does. Evil Dead Rise comes out this Thursday slash Friday. And we are going opening night. We are so fucking excited. We've been talking about this thing since last year when it was supposed to come out in November. Um, Dude, I I cannot wait. Um, I like I I, <laughs> I was talking to you earlier off air, um, saying I needed to get the kids taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was talking to my mom and I was like, listen, mom, um, can, if I get the girls to bed, are you cool with, uh, just letting them sleep while I can go see the movie? And she was like, oh yeah. And she was like, why is this so important? I was like, mom, this is like, <laughs> like I was like, mom, this is like Star Wars important. <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, so, you know, normally we don't give away what, next week's episode is but jason what do you think should we i think we should do an episode and get our our on the spot thoughts for evil dead rise after we see it and make that our sunday episode yeah dude i'm like i there has not been a movie um that i've been so excited about since this or or any the last one that I can remember was any of the Star Wars. Yeah, um, man. And, uh, you know, you all have listened, if you've been listening to our show since we launched last summer, way back on episode seven was when Jason coined the phrase, just evil dead it, where you just, <laughs> yeah. you can't contain your fandom for what is coming. And, uh, that's how we feel right now. Evil dead rise is our most anticipated release. And, we're going to see it Friday night, and that will be our Sunday episode, is our thoughts and discussion on Evil Dead Rise. So tune in for dude, that. I can't, I can't wait, dude. I'm Same. so excited. Dude, Jason, this movie actually looks scary. 
<laughs> like, yeah, looks scary as fuck, man. Yeah, my <laughs> we touched on this on another episode. That fucking trailer, dude, looks so scary and creepy. And I am just so excited for Evil Dead Rise. I'm so excited it's finally being released. And uh, so tune in, everybody, next Sunday, uh, or this Sunday, whatever. That's Our episode is going to be on Evil Dead Rise, and we're so excited to bring you our thoughts and to see the movie. So, uh, yeah, that's our episode on House of a Thousand Corpses. Jason, any closing thoughts before we see, um... before we see everyone again? Before we uh, wrap up and see everyone again for Evil Dead Rise next Sunday? Um, tootie fucking fruity. <laughs> uh, and most of all, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> your <laughs> grandma, and most of all, fuck you. <laughs> all right, everyone. That is our episode on House of a Thousand Corpses. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again on Sunday with our episode on Evil Dead Rise. And... For all of you listening that are going to go see the movie in theaters, have a great time. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on the movie as well. And uh, in the meantime, get in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram, Midnight Terrors Podcast on there. And shoot us an email, midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you want to hear us discuss on the podcast. And... Um, yeah, that's that's it for this episode. This was a fun one. Jason, what the fuck is this show called? It's called the Midnight Terrace. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. I just did the metal horns like someone could see me, but no one's in here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Midnight Terrace podcast. We'll see you all again on Sunday. We'll catch you again on Sunday with the Evil Dead Rise episode. Have a good one, and we'll see you on Sunday. Peace. Peace.